Welcome to the Living a Naturally Healthy Life podcast with Delane ND, the podcast for people looking to correct chronic illnesses such as diabetes through lifestyle change. I'm Dr. Delane Vaughn. As a physician, I see many patients who are ill because of lifestyle decisions such as food choices. Typically, diseases such as diabetes are managed with pills or injections. This approach creates a vicious, expensive, and unhealthy cycle of medication and then more medication to address the negative side effects. As a physician, and a life coach, I work with clients to resolve their diseases, get off their medications, and live a naturally healthy life. If you don't like the healthcare system in America, I recommend you use less of it by being naturally healthy. So if you feel there has to be a better, more natural way to live a healthy life, you are in the right place. All right. Welcome to the podcast. Today, I have a very special podcast. These are some of my favorite podcasts. This is an interview with one of my clients. I love these podcasts most because it really gives an opportunity for folks to hear what it's like to do this work, the work that I help my clients do, the work that I have done. I believe this is work that really is life-changing, and I love for folks to have the opportunity to share that and for other folks to have the opportunity to hear about it. So today, I have Charlotte on the podcast. Her and I have been working together for about eight months now, and she is going to share her experiences with us today. So welcome to the podcast, Charlotte. How are you? I'm fine, Delaine, and it's nice to be here with you. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so let's start with sharing, having you share what your path to health was for you. What did it look like when you first started noticing diseases showing up that you weren't expecting, and kind of what drove you to looking for a healthier way? Well, you know, I'd say it went all the way back uh, at least till I was about 21. And I was having a physical to enter into the uh, U.S. Air Force Reserves. And on completion of my physical, the Air Force physician said, you are mildly obese. And, uh, you know, I was young and that was humiliating, uh, but I kind of put it aside. But it always was in the back of my mind and kind of haunted me. I'm mildly obese. And um, it it fits and starts, I'd say. My, My path was not in any one direction. It was uh, very confused. But then uh, when I had my second baby, by the time I was in my early 30s, there were a lot of complications surrounding that, that as I found out were weight related to to both the baby and to myself. Mm, Yeah. And that was a real red flag wake up that I needed to do something. And I was told at that time, because my baby was nine pounds, that it was not a question of if, but when I would become a diabetic and I would be, I would be on insulin. And all I could do at that point, they said was put it off, you know, that development, but it was going to happen. Yeah. So interestingly, before you go on, because I want to hear more of this, were you ever on insulin? Never was, Delaine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, never was, but it was always a threat. This is where you are heading. It's the nature of the beast, and all you can do is, you know, so for the length of time to show, like, to illustrate, like we think our doctors know everything. I'm a doctor, and I really want, I want folks to believe I know everything. But the fact of the matter is, we only know as much as the science tells us at the time. Our medical practice is only as good as the science in the moment. And that definitely back in the, was that 70s, 60s, 70s, 70s? Yeah. Our science in the 70s was such that that's what we believed about it, right? So it's it's interesting 
It's interesting when we see that there is more possible than what we believe, than what the experts have told us is. And that's kind of what that illustrates. You never ended up on insulin. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did. So, okay, go on. So after your pregnancy. And um, I, I was quite, I was, you know, 180 something pounds. And um, I've tried, I remember friends say, oh, let's go to Weight Watchers. Well, that was my first step. And, and then I tried... There was a hospital-based uh, plan here that was on little chocolate bar type things and yeah. Yeah. kind of shakes. Uh, a physician had a program also based on these artificial supplements. You know, it was so many different types of programs that I was on. They all had in common the use of these unnatural artificial meal replacements. And, and I had some health problems uh, related to that, like the gallbladder that had to be removed and such, but it never lasted. As soon as I stopped the program, the weight came back and I never, I still was confused. I had no idea of why my behavior around food was such as it was. I didn't know exactly what was going on in my body. I just knew I was fat and had various health problems. Yeah. How yeah. I thought. So some of the feelings that you have mentioned to me, I'm going to ask you about, but then I also want you to think about what were the main feelings in the time? Some things that you've said, even since you were 21, is this embarrassment or shame over the mild obesity, right? But then also the confusion, like, I don't know why this is happening, right? So did those, was the shame something that was stuck in your twenties or did that kind of carry with you? Always, always, uh, always, you know, I'd go somewhere or I'd go shopping for clothes and, you know, my feeling was that everybody would look at me and go, she's over. Why is she even bothering to try to find some nice clothes? And um, yeah, it, there was a lot of fear in it because I didn't understand. I was never given any real direction or explanation other than eat less and exercise more. And I wanted to, well, well, how do I do that? You know, yeah. I, uh, I felt very sad over the situation I was in and very guilty. Um, I would wake up, as I've mentioned, in the middle of the night with this feeling of panic and fear. What am I doing to myself? I know better than to be in this situation, I thought, but I really didn't know. That's why I was yeah. there. And, uh, it was what would you do in the middle of the night when you would wake up and have those feelings? Well, sometimes I would get out of bed. I go down to the kitchen and find something in the refrigerator I wanted to eat. Um, get my yeah. iPad out, look at the news and mindlessly eat until yeah. yeah. I uh, was ready to go back to bed. Yeah. It's so interesting. And we don't think about it. You, of course, know that I work from this thought model concept where we look at what our thoughts and beliefs are about situations that we find ourselves in, what feelings come from those thoughts and beliefs. And for your, like, even like the example, the specific example of clothes shopping, you know, everybody's looking at me and you felt either vulnerable or embarrassed or whatever that was. And your action was in your mind. You're like, I shouldn't even be doing this. You know what I mean? But typically those really intense emotions like embarrassment or guilt, fear drives the human being to avoid. And how we avoid is either we run and hide and do nothing, or we look for a way to check out from those to get some alleviation of that negative experience of that unpleasant emotion. Mm -hmm. And of course your nighttime fridge 
raid and, you know, then mindlessly being on the internet, looking at the news, all of that is, of course, when we see what happens, like you can start to pick it out. Oh yeah, that's just avoidance. That's just avoidance. Of course, in the moment, we don't even know that's what's going on. Until I began working uh, with you, Delaine, um, I never understood why the why I was doing a lot of my my behaviors. I was doing them, didn't understand them, felt controlled by some other force, the food or something. So no, I didn't know why I was doing it. So curiously, what did you think the problem was back then? Sometimes I thought maybe I had just inherited some Mm -hmm. bad set of genetics or, or that I just was incapable, inadequate, taking charge of my health and my life and how I looked and how I felt. Yeah. 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 It's so interesting. Again, I think a lot of folks think that there's something unique to them about those beliefs. And also they believe like, it's just the way it is. Like, this is just like, this is just who I am. I'm almost like I'm in, I'm unable to change. And of course that, that thought keeps us stuck. It's so interesting. There was a lot of reinforcement for that because I tried. It wasn't like, Oh no, I know. I went to so many of these different programs, gave it my all and they were all failures, which continued to reinforce the fact of you're hopeless as far as this goes. Yeah. But one of the things that you and I have worked on is seeing other places in your life where change was possible. Right. And then learning to apply that to the the changing of your food. Although I think that again, and we'll get into this and you and I have talked about this. I think that once you saw what the problem was fixing, it was very quick for you. It was just like, it was very mathy for you. Oh, this is the issue. I just have to stop doing that. Right. Well, that's only because of the support and the the scientific, the facts. And then I went, I understand that when I feel inclined in a certain direction, I could then say, this is what is going on. Yeah. And these are the things, steps that I can take instead yeah. of yeah. something destructive. So a lot of it, it was uh, the information that I learned from your program. Which is a lot different from things like those commercial available diet programs, right? They're just like, I don't care why it's happening. Just eat this packaged microwavable meal and nothing else. And we're good. I remember one where there were a lot of ditties. They'd be chanting things like a moment on your lips forever on your hips. And I remember sitting there thinking, <laughs> yeah, I'm not getting anything out of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really interesting because we do. And, and you've heard me say this. You've heard me say this when we've met and you've heard me say this in group. Like, I'll show you. I tell you the science of what's going on in your brain, what's going on in your body. And then you get to make a decision about how you want to handle it based on the science versus based on positive affirmations. And I think it's very easy to see some of the stuff that we do as positive affirmations, but that's really not what we're doing. We're looking at what's happening, why we think the things that we're thinking, what else is true? And then how do we work on, if they're both true in our head, then we get to kind of make a choice about what we're going to look at and what we're going to function from, right? You and I have worked on, I mean, I know you've heard me. So over our eight months together, not only in you and I work, but also in work in the group setting, going through that process. So yeah, that's interesting. But so back to 
the time when you found my services. When was that? Like, so that was eight months ago, right? A, a few months before that, I, uh, it was on uh, NPR. There were, yeah. Okay. There was, uh, I, I just want to clarify. I was not on NPR. I was on our local public radio station. I would be so incredibly excited to be on oh, a okay. phone loan. <laughs> okay. It was on. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I, and I just heard a brief, you know, um, message about what you offered. And then I put it in the back of my mind and then around in de- December, yeah. uh, I heard it again and uh, the fact that it was a natural way to reverse prediabetes and diabetes. And I thought, you know, that really sounds like something I've really been looking for, something that made sense to me. And uh, so then I, I made the initial call and you were exactly what I had been looking for all these years uh, instead of little chance. Uh, some real information and facts that explain this to me. Yeah. So do you, when do you think, or did both exist? Do you think that you had both the belief something is genetically wrong with me, or I can't, I just can't stop eating. I'm unable to stop. I'm unable to stop. Did you have that thought and the belief there's got to be something more in your head at the same time, do you think? The fact that I kept looking and I kept trying different programs, and then when I heard about your program, I was very enthusiastic about looking into that, makes me know that I never did give up hope, although the evidence that I had was I was incapable of mastering this. I still had the hope that there's got to be, I've got to, uh, something that makes sense to me. Yeah, that's awesome. That is a really great example of when the feeling, sometimes the feeling of hope is like, I hope I hit the lottery and we like relinquish ourselves from all, all, um, I don't know, meaningful action, but hope can be a more subtle thing of, of a belief that there's something more, you just haven't found it. So that's really awesome. And that's what it was for you. I think. Yeah. (laughs) So yes, let's talk about it. Like, what was it like when we first started working together? Right from the beginning, when I had my consultation with you, immediately I was struck by the facts, uh, the way that you did that. It was a combination of giving me information that was essential, but also with a supportive uh, delivery of this. And so uh, right away, I knew that I had found what I was looking for. Yes. Yeah. That's I love. And it's been such a joy and a privilege to work with you. So curiously though, was what was the fix to your problem what you thought it would be? Was the fix to your diabetes what you thought it would be? Absolutely not. I had no understanding about uh, the part that insulin played in this and how the diabetes actually develops. Uh, this, despite the fact I was a registered nurse and I had a graduate degree in health education. What you uh, let me know was something, and despite all these years, I had never heard about. I did not have that understanding. Uh, it was new information. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you and I have had many a conversation about the discrepancy between what works and what the healthcare, so just the healthcare system almost being a misnomer. Like it's really a disease care system. And we both, you know, 
you as a registered nurse, I have a bachelor's of nursing and my medical degree, all of these advanced, we kept thinking if we got more information, it would help. Right. And the fact that just the way the system is set up, it's not going to create what some of us are wanting, which is natural health. Right. Well, when I, uh, I think one of the last places I went before I uh, learned about your program was a, um, it was associated with one of the hospital systems here. And I remember talking with the person, the diabetes specialist, and they, they gave me a monitor to wear on my arm, but they said, you know, you really know more about this than we do. And it, that just made me feel very hopeless because I obviously didn't know what I needed to know. Yeah. And- <laughs> the healthcare system is an interesting thing. And it is. And I was in a similar boat. I was pre-diabetic and I had a medical degree. Who was I going to go to, to get it fixed? I was a doctor. I mean, like that just didn't make any sense. So yeah, it's interesting how much we believe we're picking up from getting these degrees in medicine and getting deeper into the healthcare system and how it's not really what a lot of us are looking for. No, it didn't serve me. Yeah. So what was the hardest change you had to make? Do you think? Becoming organized. Hmm. Uh, that was, that was hard for me. Uh, the um, recording, uh, thinking, uh, you know, uh, the day before, what am I going to have to eat the next day, making decisions on, um, and implementing them, uh, having a plan with goals, steps to work toward. Uh, Initially, that seemed kind of daunting to me, but it quickly became actually pleasurable. Yeah. Yeah. Can you believe that? Is that shocking to you? I look back now and I I smile. I have a big smile on my face thinking about uh, the peace that ensued from adopting these, these behaviors. Yes. Before, like three years ago, if you were to think about being organized, what were your thoughts about that? I would start feeling very anxious. Like, you know, I can't do it. I don't know where to begin. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, It's going to be, were there, it's going to be too hard. It was beyond my capabilities. Mm -hmm. Did you have a belief that you like identified? I had this belief just so we know it made me fun that I was a fly by the seat of my pants kind of girl. Like it was part of my personality. It was part of my charm is kind of what I believe. And I still think that I I still have an element of that and that I'm very easygoing and I don't need to be stuck and fixed to plans. But I also, like you, realized how much of a gift it is to give myself a plan. Do you think that there was any element of, of that being part of who you were, the disorganization being part of who you were that you liked and wanted to keep? Was there any of that? I like my spontaneity and my enthusiasm and um, my emotional reaction to different things. I thought I, I like that part of me. Were but you afraid you were going to lose it if you had, if you got organized? I thought I might be different in a way that I might not like, but uh, turned out that being organized, having the plan, getting rid of the constant sadness, fear, guilt, and going in those circles, it actually freed me up to have more enjoyment uh, in positive areas of my life. Yeah, yeah. That's, and it's so interesting because I think, I know, again, I had that feeling like, oh, if I'm on, if I'm a planner, I'm never going to be any fun. And Uh how untrue that is. It's an unfortunate belief that we carry about ourselves. And clearly it's a lot more universal because I thought, I think there was a time where I was like, I'm the only one that thinks this, those people who are well-organized, 
they must not believe that. But I think that it's true for everybody that there is this element of um, changing who we are that we might not like who we become. Mm-hmm. Whereas what we've both found out and most and the clients that I work with, we all find out is it actually just opens up space in our life to become more of who we want to be, which is really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what do you think has been the most surprising change that you've had working with that in my group? An understanding about what the drivers were behind the intense desires I had for mindlessly eating, uh, what was driving me to this, and the science behind this. It, it wasn't just something about my personality. There were actually physical, biological reasons for this. And once I understood what they were, uh, it became actually, I don't like to say easy, but it really did. And it, and it was pleasant to be able to do these things. When, and before... I, I, I love looking at this, did it become easy or not? Because before when you would have these urges and the like desire to eat and uh, this mindless eating, uh-huh. before working with me, what did you think caused you to do that? Some defect in me that I yeah. just wasn't like. I imagined all other people, my friends and my family were, obviously when I looked at them. Uh, they weren't doing this. It must be because I'm broken. No. And especially the eating at night thing. I love to do that because nobody could see what I was eating and the amounts I was consuming. So all of that, when you see yourself doing this, um, it's, it's, it's unpleasant. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times we make it mean we're defective. There's something wrong with me that this is happening. And of course, once you realize that there was this biochemical neurochemical component to it. How did that change that belief? It was a a freedom. I mean, a sense of uh, peace and freedom. I knew now what was uh, behind this and I knew what steps to take to reverse this. And uh, it it was a very um, peaceful, calming realization when I, and then when I saw how quickly it started working. Yeah. Yeah. So for the listeners, because you can't see Charlotte's face, I want to point out when I asked her that question, she got an ear to ear grin on her face because when we can relinquish this tie to us being defective, (laughs) suddenly, I mean, like, oh, it's not me that's broken. It's just that I'm a human being trying to get through the world and my brain does this. It's not me. And that really a lot of times is what creates that ease. Right. This freedom, this release. Oh, suddenly I'm not tied to it. Me being a problem and me being broken when I can just see that it's biology. It just becomes very mathy. It's like two plus two equals four. And if I eat highly processed foods, my brain releases a bunch of chemistry that makes me want more of it. Oh, that's just a thing. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. That's awesome. So curiously, what do you think has changed the most in your experience, in your day-to-day life? What do you think has been the biggest changes for you? I have to put at the top of the list how I feel about myself, um, my competency, my ability to make goals and accomplish them and achieve them. And like I said, the, the feeling of peace as opposed to confusion, fear, sadness, uh, joy. 
there's a lot more joy in my life and uh and I I will always appreciate this. <laughs> Do you think that there was ever a time where you would have believed that giving up crustatas and nighttime eating and ice cream would have ever led to joy? <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah, I mean there were so many things I've I've learned that were surprises, but they were all very beneficial, very pleasant surprises. Yes. And it wasn't as difficult at all. I, I thought it might be very difficult and a real struggle. But once uh, I started putting into action what I was learning, it wasn't difficult. No. There was not one nail driven up your nail, but like up your fingernail, right? Like I didn't do that once, did I? You know, and then the group meetings uh, also were another pleasure I looked forward to. And this opportunity to see other people had the same feelings, the same struggles uh, as I did. And uh, that was reassuring to know that it, I didn't have a unique defect that nobody else ever had inherited or whatever it was. And so, yes, uh, all aspects of the program contributed. That's yes. awesome. That's awesome. So what would you tell anybody who's not sure whether it's possible for them or whether this works for them? What would you tell anybody who's not sure about the possibility? Especially somebody who's been trying for a while to get a handle on um, eating related behaviors. It would be understandable to think, oh, maybe it won't work. But I can say it absolutely does work. And I wouldn't put it off because it's time that uh, you can't get back again, that you would be enjoying to a greater, much greater extent if you started on the program and these changes uh, took place in your life. Awesome. Awesome. Is there anything else you want to add? Anything else about the program? Do you want to tell them about the, like the whippings? (laughs) Anything you want to tell folks? No, uh, your sense of humor, uh, Delaine, uh, certainly eased uh, eased me into the program and helped me enact the changes. And uh, it was it seems impossible to believe that this could be pleasant, but it was something I have looked forward to each step of the way. So there's nothing to be afraid of. It's uh, it's a wonderful change in one's life. Yes, that is awesome. I so so appreciate you taking the time to speak with the listeners, to share your experience, to be vulnerable. All of that's uncomfortable. I know part of what we work on is leaning into the discomfort. I don't know that I've never seen you struggle to lean into the discomfort, which is interesting. I'm sure it's happened. You've always been so willing. And again, it's just been such a privilege to work with you and a joy to work with you. So I want to thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you, Charlotte. Thank you very much, Delaine, for everything. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Also leave me a review. If you want to resolve your diabetes naturally without any pills or injections, I can help you. Visit DelaneMD.com for more information. Click on the work with me tab, send me a message, and we can set up a mini coaching session. You guys have a great week. I'll talk to you soon.